You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Welcome to Warcraft Reloaded, a podcast brought to you by Mash Those Buttons, covering World of Warcraft Classic and its community. I am Bobby, also known as Blazin' Bob, and today I'm here with two special guests, the co-GM leaders of the guild Vargflocken on White on Whitemane. Welcome, Harskar, to the show for the second time. Thank you. Looking forward to it. And also, welcome, IDDQD. How are you doing, brother? Hey, thank you for having me today, Bob. I'm doing good. Doing good. Awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty excited to get into this. Uh, what we have in our guild with the co-GMs is a very interesting dynamic, and I'm in, and I'm interested to see how you guys, you know, work through it and what your your, your thought processes are. For sure. First off, we're gonna we're gonna get to know IDDQD real quick because. If you're curious about uh, Harskar, you can check out episode six of the podcast where I had him on and you can go back and listen to that. But we're going to get to know IDD just a little bit. So IDD, when did you start playing World of Warcraft in the beginning? So it's it's one of those old stories when uh, um, I was just back in, uh, in my school. I was doing ninth grade and a friend of mine was saying, like, I should probably check out a game called World of Warcraft. And at the time... I kind of uh, just enjoyed, you know, you good old FPS games, you know, Quake, Doom, you know, all those kind of games. And I wasn't really interested in the MMO genre at the time, but uh, he convinced me. And I think this was back in late 2004 or it was it early 2005. Either way, um, I played it for a little bit and I've been hooked up ever since. Awesome, awesome. And uh, how how long did you play WoW for? Like, are like are you still currently a retail player? I would say so, yes. Uh, it's taken a little bit of a break in Shadowlands, but I've definitely been playing... Um, Throughout all expansions. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. I think, if I remember correctly, Harskar said that he quit, or that he never quit either, right? Yeah, not fully. And he was taking, like, year-long breaks during stuff like Mr. Pindari and stuff. But I've played every single expansion uh, up to now, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Well, one of the other questions we'd like to ask is, did you play vanilla private servers? Um, I, I'd like to think that at some point I tried it. I don't think I took it seriously enough, though, so I don't think that's a qualifying answer. Um, tried it, didn't really get to max level and play it out, so. Yeah, I, I had kind of heard about them, but I just figured they wouldn't be that very popular, so I just never tried. And I kind of regret not trying, because that would have been neat to go to every few years or so, you know? All right, what is your favorite expansion of all time? And since you've played them all, I mean, which is it? I think... Since I'm a little bit of a lore nerd, I think Wrath of the Lich King in terms of lore, um, I really enjoy that story arc. And obviously, Lich King is probably everyone's favorite villain, and for good reasons. Um, in terms of every other aspect, I really enjoyed Legion. I thought Legion was a great expansion, and I think they did a lot of things right there. Awesome. Yeah. I, I forget, Har, uh, Harskar, what was your favorite? <laughs> to be honest, uh, my answer could have changed since the last time, but uh, 
I'm a big <laughs> fan of TBC and uh, and Wrath with the introduction of Arena and then just like furthering the complexity of it and stuff in Wrath. Yeah, I like I love those two expansions. Yeah, I teeter, man. It's either TBC or Wrath, and I don't I I don't know. Probably just the first part of Wrath would be my favorite, but TBC is real close, so it's just hard. All right, so IDD, you currently play alliance and i know your girl your girlfriend loves alliance so i don't know if she you know kind of helped along with your decision but who do you actually like the most horde or alliance i mean it's kind of funny just before classic actually got released um we had a, a group of friends who were just trying to decide what we wanted to do and honestly leading up to the uh, the actual launch date um it was back and forth one day was horde one day was alliance one day was horde and alliance and it just went back and forth until we sort of settled on on alliance because like i was actually looking into what i wanted to play and initially it wasn't rogue initially it was warlock so i think when i made the swap between playing warlock to rogue i had pvp in mind and for me uh, human rogue felt a little bit more to my liking because that's kind of what i played back in 2004-5 as well I, I played i played a human rogue as well and i was just like maybe i should just do it the way i did just with different experience um, so I went from wanting to play Warlock, and at that time I was like, dude, Undead Warlock, best combo, I want to play it. But then Human Rogue just became a little bit better in my mind, so we kind of just went Alliance the day off of the launch, actually. And, and actually, um, uh, sorry. Right, so, so Yeah, no, I actually, no, looking back at it, I actually do prefer Alliance. Yeah, I actually think I prefer the Alliance more, too. I played Horde a lot, but you talked about Rogue, and... I've went through the entirety of classic, just missing being a rogue, like missing stealth. And I think if I had to do it over again, I would be rogue over warrior. But that's a side, a side tangent. One real quick thing I do want to throw in here at the end of this is you also got rank four, uh, 14 in PvP pretty early on. Like you just replaced your uh, swords or your sword with a, a Gressel as of late. And what was the rank 14? you know, the TLDR version of it. What what was that grind like? Because you were running the guild while doing it. Yeah, I mean, also having to do, uh, you know, a real-life job at the side of it. No, but um, initially, when I started out doing the grind, um, I wasn't really expecting much. I knew it was a grind, and, and I'm no stranger to that kind of stuff. I mean, I play a lot of grinding games, and I don't really, you know, they don't really face me that much. So when people were saying that, you know, I was thinking about doing the grind, people were like, you're out of your mind. It's just, it's going to take many, many months, and <laughs> um, you, you're going to have to persevere around, you know, frustration and, and people you don't want to play with, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, ah, man, sounds like a challenge to me. Um, so I started it, and it, it, it went really well. It started with World PvP when the first phase came out, and then the honor system was implemented, and I was doing really well with the world PvP stuff. I was um, uh, dual PvPing with another rogue from Warglockin as well, and we're, we managed to get a top 10 uh, consecutive weeks in a row. And at that point, we put ourselves in a really good position to continue. And uh, when the actual BGs came out, um, I was asked if I wanted to, because you know people check the, the rankings and see what people are, and they kind of want to group up with people who are around the same kind of bracket. Um, and, you know, I said, yes, I said, why not? Let's do it. And we managed to form a really good team. Um, and it was actually kind of smooth sailing. I think the only annoying part was that you had to spend, you know, 15 hours a day with, with people that um, sometimes have strong opinions. I kind of just hit in the back and just did my job. But um, I think we were, if I'm correct, I was the third generation. So there were 
one, two. Yeah, there were two generations before me when I got my blades. I got them early BWL and they kind of served me well. Do I regret it? No. Was it fun? Yeah. Would I do it again? Absolutely not. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a cool it's a cool feather to put in your hat. You know, it's something that so few people have done. Even in, I mean, it was super few in vanilla, but even in classic, I mean, it's still one of the biggest accomplishments. Probably aside, I mean, it might be even bigger than getting the scarab mount. I, I don't know. There's different things that are involved, but mm -hmm. those two are the two I think about like the biggest achieve. Uh, you know, solo achieve achievement. You know, for sure, for sure. No, I think. I never really, I mean, initially I kind of wanted to go for the mount, but at the same time, I, dude, doing that grind for that many hours a day um, and then so many consecutive months at a time, uh, you know, when it was done, it was done. And I kind of didn't really want to do another set of grind. Um, I mean, hats off to the people who did the Scaramount grind. I can't compare since I didn't do both. Um, all I know is that the, uh, the rank 14 grind was tedious, but it was, it, it was fun at the same time. Made some friends along the way, so it wasn't all for nothing. Awesome, awesome. All right, well, let's uh, let's move into the co-guild part of the the interview. On episode six, we covered like how you and uh, how Harskar and IDD met from Harskar's per perspective. Sorry, I said episode six was was what I meant to say. Um, so, in your words, IDD, how did like the guild merger come to be? Oh, um, so. <laughs> I mean, obviously, Jack had his friend group, obviously, and they were playing. And I think Jack was ahead of the curve a little bit. And I think at some point I broke off from my group as well, because naturally, I think we just played more uh, from each and uh, each friend group. So we kind of we got ahead and we sort of met up. And I think it was around the Highlands. Is that is that right, Toshker? Yeah, with a an elite quest that I believe you needed help on, and maybe right, a I think I think could, we're uh, yeah, I think we're pretty much done with, with the zone, but the, it was that giant quest, and I think I'm not quite sure where I was looking if it was general or whatever, but at the time I saw him run by me, and um, I used to ask for help, and then that's kind of how we met the first time. Um, how the conversation went after that, I'm not entirely sure, but we somehow got in touch with each other, and we um, we talked about you know merging two guilds, and it seemed like something we could do. Um, it, it, it sounded to me like, um, Harsher kind of knew my name from the poor and maybe thought it was a kind of a running joke. But after he, I guess he realized it was me, he was like, oh, maybe we can do a little merger, see what happens. And I think from that point onward, it, it went pretty well, honestly. It was pretty smooth sailing. Um, we had both our crews just kind of combined together and, um, it, it worked out. I mean, a lot of mergers don't, but this one kind of did. Um, I don't think there was any, um, proper discussion of whether the guild should have a certain name. We kind of just merged and, and did what was easy and then just became Mark. Awesome. Uh, do you have anything to add, Harskar? Um, yeah, like just like pounding on the point that he said mergers generally don't work. From the like timeline of Retail WoW, I've had several guilds and I've had several mergers and none of them have ever worked out. So it was very, very like on the fence about this one, but. I know neither side had enough people, so it was kind of necessary to even get the guild off the ground. Yeah, I think you lucked out that it was er that it was early on too. My guess would be the further are you are in the game, and the more your guild, uh, your guild, like the more it's established, kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, yeah. The, the harder it is, you know, to do a merge. Could you guys each or maybe together explain an op an obstacle that you did not anticipate and how you worked through it? So, so to me, Bob, I think the the 
the, the biggest thing to me when I started playing classic, um, I wasn't really interested in, in you know, um, items per se. I wasn't really interested in doing anything else, but just kind of like, you know, playing it like it was back in, you know, 04, 05. Obviously, starting um, with Molten Core and, when, and the Guild got together, it became very apparent to me that that it's not how the game is played anymore. It's um, it's very focused on mid-maxing. And I think the initial, re- you know, being kind of relaxed in how the rules were in terms of loot and stuff uh, was polar opposite of what a lot of people wanted. Um, I think a lot of people have this mindset of just min-maxing everything. And if they couldn't get what they were looking for, they got pretty pissy quick. And I think that caught me off guard. And I think that was an obstacle early on where some people didn't really get their way and they kind of put their foot down and, you know, uh, I, I guess rebel a little bit, <laughs> you know, the rebel against us. Um, and they kind of wanted yeah. us to reform the system that we had. And that was something that caught me off guard because I thought um, we had like-minded people who just wanted to have a relaxed guild, uh, be able to clear everything, you know, at a steady pace. But it turned out that a lot of people felt different about that. And and that is something that we sat down and discussed. And, and it was an obstacle at the time. Looking back at it, maybe it wasn't that big of a problem, but it was our first problem where we had to sort of um, take care of it because people were getting kind of upset about that quickly. I think that was the first obstacle I can remember. I don't know about you, Jack, though. Somewhat to like piggyback off of that, um, I think one of the hardest things was getting the guild, like basically getting the idea of what the guild was going to be out there because me bringing in people, ID bringing in people, like we had friends, we had family members, we had, um, you know, players that we had met in competitive environments that were more hardcore. So getting all these people to raid under the same roof, under the same rules, is it was pretty difficult because you had people who are, you know, performance oriented, getting world buffs, doing all their things. And then there's people who uh it's their fun night off you know that that don't do quite as much as as others which is fine but um up until like even i would say up until next that was has always been kind of a tension point is getting everybody under like the same uh getting everybody to have the same idea of what the guild needs to be gotcha yeah it's funny because that's how i started out was just you know it was my fun night off and then slowly but surely the guild dynamic and people more and more people getting buffs and stuff like that pushed me, you know, week after week, just a little bit further. And, you know, it pushed me to like really research how my character worked and like what I could do to get the absolute max out of it. And so I do appreciate the way you guys kind of like silently enforced people starting to do that. You know, you, you, you encouraged it, but didn't demand it. Yeah. And and would you, I was going to say, sorry, for, luckily for us, like Nax, I think this is with mo- in most cases, kind of weeded out the people who weren't willing to put in that kind of effort. So Nax itself kind of pushed players in that direction. And like only the players that were willing to do more of the, uh, I don't want to say hardcore, but more of the like effort put into the game, like kind of stuck around and it developed that dynamic. Yeah, that's awesome. To go back to a little bit of what IADD was talking about, the struggle, would you say that Basically, you guys just kind of stood your ground on saying you're not going to change the guild when there were so many. I mean, I think if I'm right, a lot of the people that were asking you to change the way the loot systems worked were really good players and, you know, pumpers. Yeah, no, I think I think me and Jack have talked about this countless of times, to be honest. Um, There's been um, I would say argument. I think Jack agrees with this, but there's been. um, uh, a multitude and a barrage of problems that stemmed from, you know, the top of the echelon of pumpers have been, you know, almost not, I wouldn't say demanding, but almost 
close to demanding a change. Um, so it sort of favors them. And um, if you have two or three people that, you know, demands a change, maybe not make the change just because they're the best in the guild at doing what they do, but maybe take that in consideration when you're moving forward. And I think Jack came up with the idea really quickly was that if we have set a bunch of rules for a tier, like a raid tier, we should keep that and not make any changes until the next raid tier. That way, you can tell the people who have a problem with the current loot system that, hey, listen, there's a problem here and, and we're going to look into it, but we can't do anything until the next tier because, you know, it'd be unfair if this was just a change that would, you know, something that you would benefit from and not the others. Um, and I think having that sort of approach to them sort of kept them in, in place. And I felt like we had a uh, mutual agreement that if there was any issues, they'd bring it up during that rate tier and we just, you know, take a look at it for the next. And I think that sort of worked out pretty well. Um, yeah, no, I think I think that was the perfect way to do it. That way people don't really get too pissy. Um, they know that their voices have been heard and uh, we move in with that in mind. And when we make the, you know, adjust a couple of rules for the next rate tier, they usually became happy. And, you know, as always, there are problems with the new system. And then you do the same thing. You just move up to the next rate tier. You take that feedback. And I think during the course of all these rate tiers, we end up at NAX, where I think everyone is pretty much happy. I mean, the system wasn't perfect. I don't think it ever was. But um, I think what we have now in NAX is sort of like a combined effort from, you know, uh, everyone sort of sharing their opinion about the system. And I think right now, I don't, I don't, at least for me, I haven't had a single complaint in NAX. So it's kind of funny to see how it's evolved to what it is now, because that is just the guild's effort of trying to make it better. And I think it definitely made it better for the for the guild. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah, I think that also stemmed, like, you know, Harskar said from next kind of weeding out the people that weren't willing to put in the effort you know oh absolutely i think that had something to do with it too like there were obviously some extreme cases of people would be like you change this now or, or or i'm leaving and and i think me and jack had that approach i was like well if you're leaving you obviously didn't really want to put in the effort in the first place and and maybe you have ulterior motives to why you want this to happen right now but if you can't wait a rate tier then may, maybe we're not for you or, or vice versa and i think getting these people to leave on their own accord probably helped out too because we don't really have to do anything they they sort of jack used the term weed them out i think they weeded themselves out and i think that made our job a lot easier yeah it is it is a very ugly thing that so many dps fall into from time to time when they do top the charts you know and i've i've made this 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 mistake too so i'm not i'm not a uh, uh, above it but you start doing all this and then all of a sudden you feel in, entitled and you shouldn't, you know, but it happens to so many people. And it's something I think a lot of DPS that start to get good really have to put themselves in check. And I think if if you guys did ever give in to one of these DPS, then they would just do it again and again and again. And I think it's really cool that you guys, you know, held your your ground. Yeah, it's it's definitely very easy to fall into the trap of becoming hostage to your like biggest pumpers in the guild. I feel like I that happened to me a couple times where it was like, man, this guy does so much in the guild. Like, look at the meters; he's top every time, and he's threatening to leave if we don't change something. But I think like as classic went on, you learn that one person virtually never makes that big of a difference. I think we've lost like two or three of our number one guys to. I mean, most of them ended up just quitting the game, but. Um, you figure out soon after that that person doesn't actually make that much of a difference. 
Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I completely definitely. agree. I completely agree with what Jack's saying there. Like, we initially we had a lot of talks of like, dude, what happens if this actually goes through? But it happened. Didn't really make that much of a difference. The power dynamic and and you know the 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 guild skill of moving forward was completely unchanged. So when that happened a couple of times, and we realized that hey, you know, we don't really have to be afraid of this at all. Uh, we sort of, you know, like I said earlier, we kind of let them weed themselves out, and I think. That was just better for the guild overall. So I completely agree with Jack there. Yeah, I kind of equate it to people at, you know, work at at workplaces. Oftentimes you are really good at what you do and you make a big difference. But the second you start, you know, really pushing people at, because, you, because you do that, you become not as good as you were before. And there's always a replacement out there. It's a hard lesson that a lot of people have to learn in life, but no matter how good you are, there's always a replacement. Yeah, for sure. It's like the kiss curse, right? Yeah. How it is. Yeah. I mean, oh, but so, uh, so let's kind of talk about you two's leadership die dynamic. Um, as far as I know, you two have the exact same power in the guild. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. So then, what that kind of leads me into is like, how do you two hash out different decisions in the guild? Do you have any like examples of where you two were kind of at opposite points and came to a compromise or something? Um, do you want to go on this idea or do you want me to go? Cause I think I have a pretty good idea of, of how I think, we I think you should do take this one. Okay. Okay. So I think the, uh, for the most part, our approach is we, we treat our officers virtually um like obviously me or id have the 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 like end all be all say if something is like if there's conflict but we generally treat our officers as an even voice with us so we'll post something in the officer channel get everybody's input and then like it's either majority rules or that's that's what it is it's majority rules like 99 percent of the time um i think the like most conflict we've ever really had was regarding loot rules like id is a top top end player like he he comes with like every single world buff in the game. He granted rank 14 for his swords. He's like very performance, does everything he can to get the most out of his character. And so like there was points in the game where I think ID, you can speak to this, but you wanted to loot council because it's like, hey, look, we have these guys that are putting in uh, like 10 times the effort of other players that should be rewarded for it. Why are they like, why is it that people who are AFK half the time are getting the same amount of loot and stuff as people who are doing everything they can? Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's probably like, some of the biggest uh like pressure points that we've had between each other and we've uh we just kind of talked it out and and came to the realization that like instead of um rewarding these top top end players by doing that we just need to keep recruiting and then like if these people are afk or doing these other things be like hey look like um we have other people who can take your spot and like we need to not have people in the raid that Basically, everybody that's in the raid and can be in there should be treated equally because they're all putting the same amount of time in. And uh, rather than like giving certain people preferential treatment over others, we just need to get everybody up to the same level, kind of. Right, so I guess like the loot distribution would be the only pressure point. And the way we work through that is kind of like just talking and getting each other's perspective on it. I, I agree. I agree. I think that was a great example, actually, because I think that is the only time we've ever been on the opposite side of the spectrum. Um, I mean, with every decision, there's a negative and a positive, right? And I think um, this stems back from what we talked about earlier, like some of the pressure points from, you know, it wasn't just my idea. I mean, that that 
that seed of an idea was planted in my head by the fact that we had a lot of other people who were kind of like min maxi like me and they were bringing up at the time that i thought was pretty valid points to why a system like you know lc would work out and then you know to every to every idea like i said there's a negative and a positive and i think you did a pretty good job of explaining that you know loop council doesn't solve all the problems uh it might solve it you know indirectly right now make you feel better but it might not be better in the end and then there was only pros and cons to that but you know after listening to reason of course um it, it seemed to just be way more cons than more pros and I think for the longevity of the guild, I think it was just better to have a little bit of an open-minded approach when it came to the loot rules. And, um, you know, it's just something that happened in like, you know, in the blink of an eye. Like at the time, I was like, dude, LC seems like the way to go, doesn't it? And then Jack and I sat me down. We had a long talk about it. And, you know, brought the pros and the cons. And you, you turns out like, you know, for, for, for longevity, um, you needed not to use LC because it causes more problems than it actually does good. And I, and I kind of agree with that. At the time, I was kind of skeptic. But, you know, looking back at it, I mean, Jack was very right. And I think that is the only time we've actually been on the opposite side of the spectrum, if I believe. Other than that, we pretty much see eye to eye on most things, to be honest, without any problems. Yeah, Loot, loot Council can be better i guess in certain situ situations but it's also a lot more work for you and the office and the uh, and the and the officers cuz you have to be completely educated on what everybody needs you know too right and i think um with like the guild dynamic that we have like with real life friends in the guild of both of mine and ids uh like family members girlfriends everything no matter how fair you are there's always going to be that question of like is this person getting preferential treatment on the loot? Like, I know they have some kind of personal relationship with them, and like, um, there's just always going to be that question in the back of people's heads. So I'd rather just completely avoid that, and you know, do a cut and dry system that's in front of everybody. Yep, yep. I I like it. So, are there any types of dis like decisions that you two? You know, it seems like you two are very like minded. So I think I might know the answer, but are there any type of decisions for the for the guild that you two just trust the other just to make the call and you're gonna you know kind of like a parent who you know makes a call and then the kid goes and asks the other parent you know and like they have to keep like a um, line do you guys just kind of support on the fly d like smaller d decisions that were made i mean i think so i i, I yeah like any like little small decision on the fly is fine like if it if something did come up where like I said something that ID thinks is wrong or didn't like make sense, he would just whisper me and then I'd probably just take the time to think about it and vice versa. Like, Hey, uh, this kind of goes against what we said earlier or, you know, anything like that. I don't, anything that happens on the fly like that generally doesn't have long lasting effects from my, uh, experience. Uh, no, I agree. I, I think that makes perfect sense. Like we try uh, for, for the most part, we try to keep it a little bit under the rug, but like, like you said earlier, Bob, we, um, pretty much on the same page we never really find ourselves in a situation like that and if we do they usually get resolved within a matter of seconds it just isn't a long long and everything just gets solved immediately awesome awesome we kind of answered this one before but like how much do the do the officers contribute to decisions and basically told me that it's you know kind of like majority wins um yeah i, I yeah. would say they have just as big of a role as us in a lot of scenarios as far as ma big decision making yeah i mean it, it, i think it's also because we kind of welcome them to do so like we we don't we don't want to have um ourselves make every decision either we kind of want you know i think i think this goes back to what we said just previously where me and jack we were very like-minded 
and being like-minded, sometimes we might be looking at a problem from, you know, the, the same side and not really see the negativity that it might bring and having, you know, other people's opinions um, and other people's minds involved in those decisions sometimes help us see what, you know, the cons could be of a certain situation. Because, I mean, being like-minded can sometimes also bring problems, right? We see things the exact same way. And, uh, you know, that also means that we sometimes don't see the problems with our ways the same way as well. So having other people um, share some of our feelings and thoughts about stuff just, just helps it be more fair, honestly. Who's the coolest officer? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You don't have to answer that. <laughs> you, know what, know what I, you know what I will say? So when we formed the guild, we, we split up the officers between people that I was familiar with and people who ID was familiar with. Mm-hmm. And um, the one kind of like person that we brought in um, that was not part of either of those groups was actually Yip. And uh, Yip's been like a real giant help. Like um, he's kind of like the people's officer. So like if we ever get tied up in our own echo chamber, he's like a really good person to go to and be like, oh, I don't think it's like this, you know. So he's like been a, a giant, giant part since we brought him in, I think, in phase two, I want to say, in BWL. I, I completely and wholeheartedly agree with that. He, uh, it's kind of like you know, like, just like Jack said, right? We, when then the guild was made, we made sure to bring three officers from both friend groups to kind of like even out the balance a little bit, and that has worked really well for us. And I think Yip was the first person that we, you know, from a neutral perspective, someone who initially wasn't part of either friend group, and I thought that was kind of important too because he sees and thinks differently from you know my group, from Jack's group. Someone like you said, a little bit of a people's officer, and it's been working out. That is that that is that is super cool. That is really cool, actually. Um, okay, so you talked about having a bunch of friends and you know, you know, family in the guild. Like, how do you, how do you cut? Like, how do you come combat nepo- nepotism or just the perception of nepotism? Um, uh, you go, you go ahead with this. Yeah. So for me, it was quite simple. Like, I mean, I, I sought off to make a guild that had none of that to begin with. So whenever someone ever tried, um, I made it very abundantly clear that this is not your plaything. Um, and if they didn't like it, then maybe they didn't belong. So for me, it was, I was very easy to shut that down. Um, and, and luckily for me, the people that are my real life friends have never really sought to have such a special treatment in the first place. I mean, it's happened. But it's not happened to the extremes that maybe other people will think that it's happened. Um, most of the time, I, I laugh at them because I, I think the request is ridiculous. I wouldn't want to ask for a special treatment if I was in someone else's guild. That's not why I play the game in the first place. But whenever someone ever tried, I, I kind of just laugh in their face. And I think they gave up shortly after. So that's my point of view. Yeah, and I will say like... Um having the two different groups kind of like helps with that. Cause every, anybody will be quick to call somebody else out and I'll be, Hey, are you doing that? Cause that's your friend or like something like that. Luckily we haven't had anything like that. Like I'm the same scenario as ID where, uh, none of my friends would really put me in that awkward situation to do that. Um, I guess one question of nepotism would be raid spots. That might be something that somebody might look at, but in the end of the day, like, me and ID are GMs of this guild and neither of us are getting paid for it and it's fun and it's something we want to do. And so if like bringing somebody who's our friend into the raid keeps us motivated and that's part of the fun, I think most people can understand like even if that's considered a little bit of nepotism that like to get the guild running smoothly and have the GMs motivated, that's probably worth the uh, sacrifice. For sure. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's uh, I think the in my opinion, the DKP system does help quite a bit with those thoughts too. Yeah, that does also having having everything. Yeah, that's another thing is like don't or set up rules that you're willing to enforce on literally everybody, your friends, your family, whatever, and that everybody can see that's in the open. And so DKP helps with that. And that was another kind of uh, knock against loot council for our guild specifically. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying I'm glad I found a, a, D, a DKP guild because I just don't know how I feel about loot council. I've never done it. So I just don't know. All right. So. Being a a guild master is a huge task that comes with a lot of stress. Like you know, and it and it feels it's like a job that nobody really understands until they have done it. I did it in in Wrath with a ten man to start. That we added a whole bunch of more people, and it was a twenty five man, and it was a lot of work. Now I know Harskar has been a GM before, but I IDD, have you ever done the GM role before this? Uh, no, I have not. Okay, well, so, uh, do you want to give some of your thoughts on, like, how it's different from what you thought it would be? Yeah, so, <clears throat> I think, initially, I just wanted the guild to be something more, you know, like, like a friend group. Just a bunch of friends having a good time, um, have a pretty decent community where people can have a, you know, relaxed time. That was the initial thought behind it. Uh, but then after the merger, I understood that it took upon a little bit more of a busy job, because now all of a sudden, um, you're in a position where you need to listen to 40, oh, sorry, 39, 38 other people's opinions, and you need to take them into account for everything. You have to treat everyone on the same level. You have to listen to everyone. If you give someone 10 minutes of your time, you got to be ready to give, you know, all the other people 10 minutes of your time as well, because it needs to be fair. Um, I think the biggest hurdle uh, was just, just that, just having to go through and listen to everyone's different complaints, everyone's, you know, different opinions about things, what people think is good, what people think is bad. And no matter how much you want to listen to it or not, it doesn't really matter. You put yourself in a position to do it, you got to do it. Um, so I think that was the biggest deal. But honestly, being a GM also brought a lot of fun. Um, it's just, I don't know, being recognized as a GM of Varg is kind of a cool thing now. So I mean, it, it worked out well. So doesn't always come with a busy job. Sometimes it's just fun and relax, have a good time with people. It's a uh, really, it's it's really refreshing to hear your attitude and your pride about being the GM. Because you know, for anybody in the audience that doesn't know, IDDQD is a you know ex pro gamer, six success successful streamer, and he's never played that card on anybody. In fact. He often doesn't even really want to talk about it, and it's it's just a really cool uh, big ups to to you and something that's really refreshing in this day and age of streamer privilege. <laughs> no, I, I think I think I think I'm with you in there, Bob. I think there's enough of that streamer privilege going around. I, I don't think we need another one, so I, I, I keep my hands clean of that. That is that that's to totally awesome. So I'm curious if the CoGM system has actually made your lives easier i feel like it would be nice to have another person to share those hard d d decisions with and help bear the burden of the you know the the lashback that comes with making a hard d decision do you guys have thoughts on that absolutely think so i mean jack can speak for this on his own accord but i i honestly think it's made things much easier it's definitely made things easier 
But if I understand the question, the question correctly, you're saying, oh, why not even just bring in another co-GM, Bob? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. Oh, okay, no. okay, okay. No, no. I'm, I'm, I think that would be that, you know, it's hard. I think it's probably hard enough to find two like-minded people that can put their, their, their egos in a box and not be the GM. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, so sure. I don't think adding another one would, would be good. My question was just, has it been like, and especially for you, you've been a GM before, like having that other person there to be kind of your rock has, 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 has that been cool? Yeah, it's been really neat. And like, um, I could see a million ways where it could have gone sour too, where like one of us is dumping like negative things that happen in the guild on the other. But luckily that hasn't happened because we're, I like to think anyways, two stand-up people that kind of have each other's backs. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, if you can find somebody like this, I think it's like actually a really good thing. Brothers from another mother, yeah, right? No kidding. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, so uh, just to just to go back to when the guild started, you know, did you guys de de decide the level of of hardcore the guild would be, or was it just a product of the people in the guild? You've kind of semi answered this throughout different questions, but so actually, I'll just jump to the to the last one. Do you ever wish the guild was more or less hardcore? Um, I like to refer to Varg as the most hardcore casual guild, honestly. And, and to be frank with you, I'm okay with that. There are sometimes, I would say, moments where maybe I wish um, we could just, you know, adjust the knobs a little bit and go a little bit faster or, you know, do something a different way or or any, any type of that kind of content. You know, you, sometimes you look at a speedrunning guild and you're like, that's kind of cool. Not for the fact that they clear, you know, the raid in, in the sub hour. It's it's more like, dude, that damage looks kind of fun. You know, getting everyone coordinated on the same page, having all the world buffs just makes like, to me personally, the world buff issue uh, has never really been an issue. The reason why I get them and the why I enjoy them is because I like, you know, big yellow numbers on my screen. It, it's just for personal preference. I don't think or expect anyone else to do the same and i think that's why our guild kind of has a more relaxed approach to it and i don't mind that at all i don't want to enforce what i feel on other people instead i just look at it as extra fun but at the end of the day um i i don't know i think we found the perfect balance jack i, I honestly think like when i say that we are the most hardcore casual guild on the server i really think we are yeah i think uh the level that our guild was at was kind of cool because we didn't have to alienate or have awkward conversations with people about like, hey, you need to step this out or up or you're getting kicked. And then at the same time, like, um, we had enough self-motivated people to actually raid at a, a half-decent level, I would say. If not better awesome. at this point, yeah. Yeah, so we've had we've had a lot of people write into the show because we talk about the guild uh, on a lot of different episodes. Especially, we talked about our pro progression through Nax. It's become less so now because you know we basically have it on farm. But uh, we've been called sweaty casuals like quite a bit. I think that's a good way to just to describe the guild as a whole. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. So. This question is for both of you. I don't care who goes first, but what is the best quality in your co-GM? Just you can just pick one, the best quality. Who do you want to go first? Do you want me first, ID? Go first, coward. All right. So <laughs> so with the co-GM co thing, um, 
I think it's kind of fell into place where I do like, I would say the majority of like the, the raid time raid leading, which I know for a fact has at least a little bit, I'm not saying I'm a great player or anything has a little bit affected my own personal performance, just like worrying about more people and um, to have ID there and be like the, the pinnacle of like min maxi raider, like doing everything he can. It helps that like, um, I don't have some pumper that's looking over at me and being like, Hey, look at this guy. He's like trying to tell me what to do. And he's doing blue parses over here. We have ID doing, you know, legendary and everybody's striving to catch up to that. And it's like, he's really walking the walk so he can talk the talk when he's asking people to do things, you know? So I think that's very, very helpful. Yeah, definitely. Um, in terms of Jack, I'm just really fucking happy that he's always calm. Like there's been, there's been many times where I have my frustration and I share them and I, I vent uh, with Jack about it. And he always kind of calms me down. Like it, it's kind of like a flash of rage for whatever reason might've been, you know, the issue that night, but he is very quick to jump and just be like, Hey dude, listen, don't worry about it. Tomorrow's the next day. And you know, shit goes wrong sometime, but you need to calm down and everything's going to be fine. And I think a voice of reason is probably the only thing I ever missed uh, when it comes to this game. And I think he does that perfectly. So I'm really happy. He's always calm regardless what happens. That is hilarious. Cause I think I would pick the two exact same qualities. If I was asked my favorite quality about each of you that's hilarious interesting yeah because you you like lead by a, a example idd and that's awesome and then you help anybody like you were trying to help me you know try to figure out how i could get the rend buff you know and you're real help you know you just you're you you will help whenever asked and Harskar is just like always the calming voice. I can't believe it's uncanny to me how you keep such a clear head 99% of the time. It's, it's, it's weird. I don't know how he does it, but he does it. And listen, just got to take a step back. It's a video game. That's all it is. All right. All right. True, true, true. All right. So to kind of end it out here, we're going to talk a little bit about moving into TBC. So you guys have done an amazing job. It's a credit to you and the officers of the guild. You've ran a guild from start to end, and it hasn't fallen apart. So so many guilds can't say that. We're still raiding Nax late into the game when a lot of people have thrown in the towel. So just wanted to say, well done. Thank you. Yes, thank you. What are your anticipations for the, like, what do you anticipate the guild will go through at the beginning of TBC? Because we have a lot of people coming, not enough raid spots, and it's, it's looking like it's going to be tough on, on you guys. Um, so to, 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 uh, juggle back to, to Jack being kind of calm, like, it's interesting because. Me uh, me and Jack had a conversation about TBC when it was announced. And we, we sat down, we talked about it immediately. Jack was very hype, which was concerning to me because he's always calm. But he was just like, <laughs> TBC's around the corner, dude. This is great. And I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to play it. And I think at first, uh, Jack was like, all right, well, if you're not going to play it, I'm going to play it kind of thing. You know, that's just the TLDR version of the conversation. But Jack kind of spun me back into it because I was dead set on not playing it. Uh, I think TBC back in the day was one of the few expansions where i actually took the game very seriously and i raided sunwell on live uh when it was current uh, i was obviously very young uh, i remember most of it but it was like one of the few expansions i'm very proud of my performance so to me going back to it wasn't as 
attractive to me. Uh, I was sort of idea that classic was because classic I didn't really clear fully. But um, going into it, I had a talk with Jack and I was like, hey, man, listen, I don't think I'm going to play it. You know, a couple of weeks went by and Jack kind of spun me into the room and he's like, dude, listen, what if, just what if we have sort of a performance based rate? And I kind of asked him more in depth what that meant. And the whole idea behind it is kind of like the prophecy we've been running in Classic as well, where we kind of don't police anyone. We don't force anyone to do anything they don't want to. But more so, the way to naturally weed out people who might not take TBC as seriously as others is by just having a performance-based rate environment. You know, you play for your own good. And if you do well, and you can do it to your own limit. But I mean, if you do well and you do good, you, you belong to be there. So it's like, it's really fair upon everyone. And I like the idea of that because, you know, he kind of activated my min-maxing idea again, where it's like, I can, you know, sort of fight for the spot and kind of have a little bit more of a approach that I've had in Classic. And, you know, that's kind of like what I always wanted in the first place. And he kind of tricked me back with that idea. So I, I really love the approach he's having with TBC because, again, it's better for the guild. But it's also sort of like, if you don't want to be part of this, you don't have to. And I think a lot of people already, you know, we initially thought that a lot of people are going to fall off and just not follow through with TBC, but it seems like everyone's having a good time. And uh, it looks to me like almost all 40, I think it's like 37 confirmed now out of the 40 we're rating with, I said they want to come over, um, which is, was kind of surprising to me. I guess we did a good job, Jack. I don't know. You, you, what do you think? Yeah, it is. it was surprising. Like how many people wanted to not only play TBC, but like stick around with the guild. Dude, like two-thirds of of the people signed up at like 2 30 in the morning when when you posted it for the first time yeah i was like whoa we we i can tell you and i think i speak for both of us we, we were not expecting that um i think initially we thought maybe 15 20 people would would do it but the fact that everyone jumped the gun and we saw that the interest was very much there um i, I don't know it's Kind of brought a tear to my eye, dude. It, it means that people are having a good time and enjoying it, and they'd like to continue for maybe another year. Who knows? Um, but it seems to me like the whole idea of kind of having it more performance-based. Not, I'm not saying we're going full elite speed running. What I am saying is that we're kind of taking into account the people who really want to be there has the chance to show it, and we thought that'd be the most fair. Well, Jack thought it'd be the most fair, and I really liked the idea. So I got broke back in with that idea. Well, and I feel like in TBC it'll be easier for the average player to come with everything that they should be coming with. Cause I mean, getting all the, the world buffs is a definite hard thing to do in classic. It's a, you know, it all depends on what kind of job you have, what kind of time you have. Are you working from home? Like that makes it a lot easier for some. And I think in TBC, you got to come with a certain amount of things, but there's no raid logging. Like, the, you know, it's, it could be expected a lot easier. And there's only 25, right? Yeah, I think so many guilds are going to go through the, like, growing pains of cutting their roster down. Guilds that are sticking around anyways. And, uh, I think yeah, literally the only way to realistically make it, quote unquote, fair is to be, you know, the people who are performing the best and want to be there, they can be in the raid. Okay. So, so yeah. let me pose a question to you because... In addition to the 37 people that have said that they're coming to TBC, we also have a whole bunch of like people's real life friends coming. I mean, Mel's brother, who's a mythic raider, is going to come and wants to play with us. Like he's, you know, he's not expecting to be in the main raid, but he wants to play with us and he's an extremely skilled player. And have you guys ever had a thought about like, 
you know, a quote unquote B team for the people that are slower, because a lot of these sweaties in our guild are going to have multiple characters. So maybe, you know, it's kind of like some of this, the like sweaty alts that are with, you know, some of the lower perf performers in the guild. Have you thought about that at all? So, if, uh, yeah, like, I don't know how deep into TBC you want to get, like, regarding first phase and stuff like that. Do you want to talk about it a good bit? We have the time for it. Sure. Sure. Okay. So, um, to me, anyways, in my head, the first phase of of uh, TBC is like it's almost a warm up. Realistically, there's only three bosses that you kill with 25 people. There's there should be no like reason we couldn't scrap together two full raids to clear that every week if it's like you know containing alts or whatever. Um, to me, anyways, TBC really feels like it starts on the second phase with SSC and uh, and TK. So I think like. From experience in Classic, the most people fall off in the first phase. You know, there's hype around the game. People want to get in there and try it. Some people find out that it's not for them. Some people find out that a brand new game came out and they want to just jump ship to a different game. So I think, like, at least in the first phase, we'll easily, easily be able to facilitate everybody that wants to play. I don't think that should be an issue at all. And then um, once the fall off happens and the people who want to be there are sticking around, that's when we would kind of have to whittle down the roster. And I definitely think there is room for, for me personally, I'm going to play three characters at at the highest level i can so i know i'll be wanting to get like alts into raids and stuff like that so i think like you said people who don't want to go as like hardcore or performance based could group in with alts and we can definitely make like second raids and stuff like that well and there's going to be a lot of people me included like i'm basically planning on trying to tank either you know either a a b raid with my warrior or like soft res pugs or or something of that nature to get the different things that I need for my PvP focused warrior, but I'm going to be going into TBC with a lot of really good, you know, tank gear, and I plan on really learning the intricacies of tanking and using that as my means to get the different things that I need to work up stun herald. You know, yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be in the same boat as you, including myself. Like I have a warrior that I plan on doing a lot of arena with, and yeah, I need the you know the consumes out of SSC and TK to build that storm herald and. I don't think you're going to be alone on that one. So we should have, hopefully have a lot of motivated alts. That's awesome. Uh, IDD, do you have anything to add to that? Um, I mean, I think, honestly, I don't really have much to add to that. I actually don't. I think, I think what he said kind of echoes what I think and what I feel. I probably, the only difference between me and Jack is I probably won't have that many alts to play with. I'll probably have one to just fuck around a little bit with, but obviously the rogue stays the main. I mean, I get to keep my title, so be a waste if i didn't yeah definitely definitely got to keep that that title <laughs> and you know if you know you're going to be our our rogue and i don't know what your guys' thoughts are but most people say that you're not bringing more than one rogue so that also leaves you open to get war glaives which will be pretty cool we'll see we'll see i mean that that goes back to what we talked about before right no no streamer privileges like we're gonna do it fair and square and uh whoever deserves them the most are gonna get them i mean i do get that but I don't even know if I would call the Wargraves streamer privilege. Those are really GM privilege. I mean, tell me anybody that gets them that's not a guild master. Like, gets them first. I like. I can't. I can't think of any. I mean, I think you know. In in the point of like you know performance based rate, I think this is a great example too. It's like it, it should go to whoever does the most with them, right? Whether that be me or Jack or you or whomever who can wield them. I mean, it should go to whoever performs the highest and has the DQP to buy them. Um, 
So if first of all, if you're in the raid when it drops, then you already are deserving to do whatever you can to get them, right? I mean, that's the whole point. And if you happen to plan your cards right and you have enough to get them, then you should have them. And, you know, maybe it is a GM weapon uh, of that sort, but uh, I don't see it that way. I, I'd rather just win them by sheer performance alone. And that's how I look at it. Okay, cool, cool. You know, it's kind of weird to ask thoughts on TBEC because there's going to be so many things we did not anticipate that are going to come up. You know, there's going to be so many things. But is there anything else you're kind of thinking about going into TBC besides anything we've talked about so far? Um, I would say to like to your point, you're saying only like most uh, most of these videos that are like built around building meta comps for TBC and stuff. Um, suggest like one rogue just if you're min-maxing it perfectly and stuff. What I would say to people is be a little bit more open-minded because I think like the gap from the worst DPS in the game to the best is is much smaller. And um, a lot of the data people are pulling is are from like these private servers. And as we know, like Classic was much different than the private servers. Yep. And uh, like I would just tell people to keep an open mind and don't just shun away people who are playing a spec that doesn't see or a class that doesn't seem like terribly off meta or or seems off meta sorry if they're like a very good player and they can really you know hold their own i think That's i used it, to yeah. go that same opinion i don't have much to add to that i think i think that makes perfect sense all right guys well i i mean i don't have anything else to add unless you guys have anything that i might not have thought of about the code gm stuff any closing statements nope not, not really much to add from my point what about you jack nope just appreciate you having us on and uh Oh, yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to the future. Oh yeah. Well, dude, I yeah, I uh I appreciate you guys coming on and taking your time to chat with us. I know there's a lot of our lists our listeners that love the Varg the Varg Flocken talk and love the guild dynamic talks, and I think they're really gonna get a kick out of this. That's cool. That's really cool to me, actually, that we have this guild that like people outside have an interest in. That's just a, a neat concept to me that we've built this thing and you know, more than just the people that are involved have, have some kind of vested interest in it. It is super cool. It is super cool. All right. Well, uh, we're going to go ahead and close it out. I'm not really going to do any closing statements. I'm not sure yet if this is going to be added to one of our podcasts or if it'll just be like a, like a wet, like a Wednesday extra episode release. So we're just going to do socials. Where can we find you? Harskar? Um, you can, f I'll shout out my socials, but I hardly use them. Uh, my no, but, but you do use Twitch, right? I I've streamed, I think two of our Naxes and I do, I do actually plan on streaming, um, much more in TBC, if not only for like memory sake for me to be able to go back and like, look at the cool progression that we've made and stuff like that. But yeah, it would be twitch.tv slash Harskare, H-A-R-S-K-A-R-E. And then, uh, my Twitter, which I think I have two tweets ever is Harskare32 and that's it. Awesome, man. IDDQD, I know you have plenty. So where can we find you? <laughs> you can find me mostly streaming uh, every day uh, on twitch.tv slash IDDQD and the same handle on Twitter slash IDDQD. And that's about it. Awesome, awesome. And you can find me on Twitter at blazin underscore Bob. That's B-L-A-Z-Z-I-N underscore B-O-B. You can also check out my Twitch. I'm not a streamer. I stream when I want to. And on a whim, but if you follow my Twitter, you'll know when I go live, and that's twitch.tv slash blazingbob. So come by, say hi. I really just do it so that you know someone can talk to me, to me while I play. That's all. 
right, guys, we're out of here. Thank you so much for coming again, and uh, I'll see you guys next week in Rage. Thank you. Yeah. See ya. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash buttons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 